Hey everyone, this is Patrick with the 307 RPG Podcast, and I just want to take a moment and say thank you to all of our amazing patrons. It's because of you that we're able to do the things that we do. If you like our show and you want to support us, you can find us on patreon.com slash theforgehound. Thanks everyone, I hope you enjoy the show. everybody and welcome to another episode of the 307 rpg podcast my name is patrick and i am your galliard host for the evening as we continue our rage across august event where we are taking a month-long look at the game werewolf the apocalypse we've done all sorts of stuff this month all about werewolf and today we're going to continue this by talking about the baddies and villains of werewolf with carrie varner Ferricelli. carrie is carrie varner's been involved in rpgs since teenage mutant ninja turtles and other strangers not that she's trying to date herself or anything and has been podcasting for about four years having had strong opinions on several different podcasts currently she is co-hosting werewolf the podcast and on a roll both gaming podcasts when not talking about nerding out about games she runs two different online text-based rpgs or streaming her art on her twitch channel we are very excited to have her here tonight carrie thank you so much for joining us today how are you doing i'm doing pretty okay how are you i'm doing well just trying to navigate all the craziness that is this world it feels like it's weird with everything that's going on and you know onyx path had that contagion chronicle um kickstarter i kind of feel like we're living that yeah that was probably not the best thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> looking back like don't do that yeah but it works it's i, I don't know but <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah exactly um but that's not what we're here to talk about we are here uh, as as everybody knows has been listening to our show we are doing our rage across august event where we have been talking about werewolf the apocalypse all month and carrie who's an co-host on the awesome podcast werewolf the podcast and if you're not listening to it you should is here to tell us all about the enemies of the garu and i'm excited about this because there's so many really neat enemies besides the black spiral dancers that we can learn about so carrie i'm gonna just kind of turn it over to you and poke you with questions here and there so it's on you tell us about some Ah. bad guys all right well first of all i'd like to say you basically went, tell me about air. Like, because <laughs> bag, there are so many bad guys and there's so many different levels and, and flavors. Um, the first thing I'd like to talk about really quickly, and this is more probably towards storytellers versus players. I'm going to bounce back and forth um, because I, I am a, a storyteller and I also play a lot. Um, so I understand that those are two different hats you have to wear. Um, there is a huge difference between what we call a bad guy or I call, I try to call them baddies because, you know, they don't have to be a guy. They can be whatever they are. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a difference between baddies and villain and okay. Explain. Okay. Your baddies are the henchmen or henchwomen, hench people. They're the hench people. They are, they're the ones that you run into before you run into the villain who has villains have purpose. Villains just aren't bad to be bad. They're not just evil. They have motivations. They have reasons for what they do. And when you make a villain in your game, your players will talk about the villains. They're not going to talk about the baddies. Okay, so they won't talk about the henchmen that the villains have are using to prevent the players from getting to them. They will talk about, hey, we were fighting Pentex Corp versus all the little baddies that Pentex has. Yeah, but even more so, I'm just saying it's a it's a better story. Villains villains could be a PC. You know what I do you know what I'm saying? Like villains are yeah. well rounded. Um your your players are going to be way more excited to have defeated a villain and not just by power base, but because there's a story behind it than just having gone out and defeated a bunch of baddies. Baddies are character or NPCs that you make up on the fly. Cause your characters are bored. Villains are connected <laughs> That's a good to the point. story arch, you know, like they're, they're, they're the ones that will drive the plot forward. Okay. That's fair. So that I just, I wanted to say that because I think that's a, 
important distinction because everything we talk about could be a villain or a baddie, depending on how you present it to your players. Sure. Okay. Now I'm going to admit something. I went, when I found out I was going to be doing this podcast, I put the call out on my Facebook and I said, hello, all my werewolf players. What is your favorite villain or baddie or just antagonist that you've ever had to de deal with in werewolf? And I literally got one of everything. Really? And a response. It is very easy for everyone to say, you know, the black spiral dancers, because I mean, obviously, duh, they're the opposite of the guru nation, like the literal opposite. But there is so much more to that. To to well, first of all, there's so much more to Black Spiral dancers, and it drives me nuts that they're just portrayed as crazy, um, drooling monsters. Because they should be manipulative. They should believe what they're doing is right. You know, when you when you read up anything about the Black Spiral Dancers, they're disturbing. They're awful. No one should ever want to play them as a PC. But they're intriguing to deal with. So it's interesting that you, that you mentioned no one should ever want to play them. And I know Josh and I were talking about the kind of the, the history of the Black Spiral Dancers. And he thought it'd be really neat to see someone play a redeemed Black Spiral Dancer. Josh and I have talked about this a lot, and I think that's a very different concept than playing someone who's still enthralled with the worm. Oh, absolutely. Um, th and that's more what I'm referring to, is someone that um, dances the spiral. And I don't, you, you said that your, your viewers do a lot of World of Darkness, right? Yes. All right. That's like it, the, when Vampire first came out and Sabat was introduced. And they were like, you know, Sabat, they eat babies. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, no yeah. one should want to do that. Um, the Black Spiral Dancers eat babies. That's, you know, they're they're the bad guys. They're, you know, they... If you or your players are, like, wanting to role play having, like, uh, a character spiral down, no, no pun intended, um, into madness i understand that there is a draw for that but like i don't think that playing an entire campaign with an entire table full of people an ongoing game is healthy i, I would agree that that that's going to get pretty dark pretty quickly and yeah. continue to go down a very very dark dark path yeah and i and i honestly believe that we game so that we can become better people you know we learn through our characters about things um whether it's like literally i read a book because my character knows a bunch of stuff about dolphins so i learned a bunch of stuff about dolphins you know it could be as simple as that or you know when i first started larping i had a huge fear of speaking in public and I had to overcome that because I became the alpha. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I was I was not happy. And, you know, but, you know, and by the end of it, I would stand up in a chair in the middle of the room and I would be screaming orders and, you know, like, and we must defend Gaia, you know, and all this ridiculous stuff. And it was way easier for me to do that as the character because I wasn't doing it as Carrie. It was my character doing it. And that kind of will eventually, that's a, that's a good type of bleed. If that makes sense. If you, do you know yes. what bleed is? Uh, why don't you explain? Okay. Bleed is when you have a character that has an emotion and then you as the player start feeling that emotion. And it could be right. positive. So, the game, so it's the game bleeding over into your real life. Yes. Absolutely. And it, bleed can happen the other way, too. I don't like Bob, so now my character doesn't like his character. I use Bob as my generic player name. I don't know why. They're, all, they're always named Bob. But um, so bleed can go either way, and it can be good or bad. You just have to be aware of it. That's fair. When, when uh, deciding to play something like a Black Spiral Dancer, just be very, very aware. And I would suggest only doing it in a short small amounts 
Yeah, because in, in Black Spiral Dancers is a great example of what you're talking about, baddies versus villains, because a Black Spiral Dancer could just be something in the way of you trying to get somewhere. Exactly. You know, there's a pack of Black Spiral Dancers that's, you know, attacking a school. We've got to go save it versus a Black Spiral Dancer pack that is performing a ritual. And then, like, if your Ragabash goes and starts poking around, you find out what the ritual is about and what they're trying to raise. And then suddenly there's a whole story. Okay, so let's let's dive just a little bit into the Black Spiral Dancers. I know that they originate they're originally the White Howlers, and I know yes. that as a tribe, they came together and they were trying to make one massive strike against the worm that would have purged the worm from Gaia forever. But they failed. Yes, they failed so badly. <laughs> um the the White Howler dan the White Howlers, oh my gosh. The uh White Howlers were known for being very, very prideful. So literally their pride is what killed them because they were like, if you're not going to come help us, we'll do this without you. And they picked up their entire tribe and they went into a cave that was known to be the entrance to where the worm was. And when they came out, they were twisted and evil. It really is a case of almost fallen heroes oh yeah <laughs> just all and, of them. It, and it is it's so tragic because they really thought what they were doing was right and and they believed so strongly in this and and it like you said it's their pride that was their undoing mm -hmm. and so i i think it's fascinating um so that's one of the things that the worm does. It will find out your weakness and will just pick, pick, pick at it. So most, I, I, it's been a long time since I read the fall of the white howlers in any book, um, recent, you know, at least in recent memory, um, where they talk about if the, I believe the worm though, like wiggled its way into some of the higher ups in the white howler tribe to convince them to do this. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I that may be in Chronicles of the Labyrinth, which again, I haven't read that in a long time because that's really hard to digest. Um, that is a black dog book, I believe. So if you pick that up, just be aware it's a black dog book. And those are all very for mature audience. Yeah, and we've talked about that before. Yeah, Black Dog Publishing is not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. No. <laughs> so, Carrie, you, you've mentioned a couple things here. One before we got started, and then and then now recently, two terms that you've thrown around, and I know they they definitely have influence on the baddies and villains of Werewolf, and that's the Weaver and the Worm specifically. Let's start with the Worm. What is the Worm? Well, I think to talk about the weaver and the worm, you have to talk about the triad. Oh, great. So, so the triad, as my daughter likes to say, is the circle of life. So you have the wild, which is creation and uh, possibility and energy. And then you have the weaver who takes that energy and builds physical objects with it. And then you have the worm who will eventually go up to the physical objects and will decay it, and it eventually turns back into the wild, which is energy. That's when the triad is in balance. And the depending on which legend you are, are reading, because every, uh, true to White Wolf, every subtype of, of uh, breed and auspice and all these different things all has different stories on what they believe is true. Somehow the worm gets caught in the weaver's web and goes insane. And the weaver gets mad at the worm and the worm is crazy and the wild is crazy, but in a different way. So the triad is completely out of balance. So what's happening is the three aspects of the triad are all trying to influence what is happening on Gaia, what is happening on Earth. The wild, which is considered the more, I don't want to say good, because if you really read the book of the wild, it's not good. It's just chaos. Um, yeah. 
is is weaker than the other two and uh generally they kind of call the wild a she but i don't think they actually have um genders per se i think it's more just the wild just does what the wild does and ignores everything else the okay. worm is gone from being the the destroyer to the corrupter so it's not destroying things and returning it to the wild it's just corrupt corrupting them to be evil and, and when you say worm, I, I just want to clarify real quick because I think some people get confused. When she, when Carrie says worm, she's not talking W-O-R-M. It's W-Y-R-M for those of you who don't know. Um, I mean, if you, if it will help you, you can imagine a giant worm being evil. Sometimes that's that fun. With a, with a big mustache, it's twirling. Um, but the, the worm influences anything it touches it kind of corrupts it and so it's influencing spirits and guru like the white howlers and and people and it's it just everything you see in the world that is kind of gross and wrong they're kind of pinning onto the worm in the books anyway gotcha. um and there's there's the weaver which is technology, which is growth. So like when you see a, a city that is all built up and has all these high rises and just keeps building more and more and more buildings, that's the influence of the weaver. And the problem though, is that the worm goes into the cities and instead of destroying some of these buildings, it just corrupts the buildings. So they become, you know, fallen down but you know people are still living there or you know they're they're um drug dens and all these bad things that could happen are can in theory be attributed to the weaver or the worm so but the weaver is not uh, completely bad because there's actually a, a tribe of werewolf that rely pretty heavily on it isn't there yeah <laughs> <laughs> so josh and i have had this conversation many times on air and off about how we personally believe the weaver is actually worse than the worm. Okay. Now that's, that's a personal belief. Um, the, the, but in, in guru genre in the guru like to argue amongst themselves about um, mythology and so the problem is there are so many different mythologies in the werewolf universe, like in, in their own universe, that you're not really quite sure which is actually accurate and which one is the made-up version. And White Wolf is really good about going, well, you decide. <laughs> and it's like, no, just <laughs> tell me. <laughs> um, so. When I asked on my Facebook, I said, "What what's the big bad that you really liked to fight against? I had more people say the weaver than just the generic worm. Wow. Well, it's, you know, like there's, there's something really awful about being in a scene and watching like someone your character cares about being calcified and frozen as a first as opposed to just being corrupted and killed like there it's cold and the worm isn't cold yeah. you know and, and so like you can get all types of really good flavor you know, depending on what you want to present to your players or as a player what you want to fight against you know do you want to fight do you want to fight a bunch of, against a bunch of glass walkers who are pro weaver like there's good role play there you know but or oh, do you want yeah yeah or do you do you want to just go hack and slash hey that's and there's nothing wrong with either of those it's as long as everybody is on the same page or what the sure. want is in the game, then, you know, all you have to do is communicate with your players or communicate with your storyteller. Oh, I'd really like to just go, you know, kick some bad guy butt today and 
and have at it or you know like i really want a, a really fun emotional scene where i've got to decide do i you know stop these glass walkers from doing this thing that i think is wrong but then i'm turning my back on a guy in guru and doing so and oh, it's so good <laughs> there's a lot of infighting with the tribes huh oh i'll tell you what werewolves are their own worst enemies if they so could just itch the tribes <laughs> and so just be could it, werewolf. Could it be that sometimes other tribes are the baddies? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They are. Okay, um, well, that's probably a discussion for another day. <laughs> yeah, that well, that's a that's a huge one because the tribes are all so different and all have different philosophies that and because werewolves are such high passion creatures that, you know, I've, I've seen at tabletop games and at LARPs where, you know, you could have a character make a joke about something and it enrages another character to the point where, like, they're, like, drawing silver on each other. Uh, and silver does aggravated damage to werewolves. Yeah and, yeah, and if you draw silver on another werewolf, you... In theory, you should be drawing it to kill them. Like it's an insult to draw silver on someone and then be like, oh, I was just joking. You know, no, like <laughs> you're throwing down, buddy. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, does, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, you just issued a challenge. <laughs> exactly. And challenges are a huge deal in Werewolf because, you know, they're all very prideful. <laughs> so. I know, I, I, Kristen, and I've read a lot about Werewolf. I've played Werewolf. I love. I think it's a fantastic game. Um, but it's mm -hmm. the enemies of the Guru that have always confused me because there is, like, if you look in Vampire, there's, sure, there's other vampires, which are typically their biggest enemies, and, of course, humans, but werewolves, too. Uh, but when it comes to werewolves, yeah. it's it's almost like they created, they had to create almost a monster manual because of the number of creatures that you can fight when it comes to Fomori or umbral creatures or, or things like that. So let's kind mm -hmm. of start. Let's, let's talk a little bit about those types of creatures. Like what is a Fomori? Oh, Fomori are the best. Fomori are the best thing that any gaming company has ever created. Because what they did was they said, there is a, a bane, which is just a wormy spirit, a, a bad, you know, this is this evil, bad spirit, and it can inhabit a person or an animal sometimes, um, and it will give them powers. And usually it's not good powers. Um, and, you, you know, in the end, if you're if you become a Fomori, you are corrupt and you lose yourself. You are no longer you. Reason, though, that the Fomori, I think, are the best thing that White Wolf has ever created, because especially when they first came out, they were like, you know, whatever powers you need, it could be a Fomori power. So if Ugh. you're watching. Yeah, so if you are watching a TV show that is nothing to do with werewolf and you see a character that can use and teleport, well, you know what? I have a Fomori that has teleportation-like powers. You can make Fomori be anything you need for your story. It's so good. So, where do they come from? Well, usually what happens is it is a human who has some kind of um, flaw in their personality. Uh, maybe they're very prideful. And that will attract, I'm sorry, I can't talk today. That will attract the attention of a bane, which is a spirit, which is a wormy spirit. And eventually that wormy spirit will attach itself to the body and soul of this human and it corrupts them and turns them into a femoral. I remember many years ago, I'm going to show my age here, which I often do on this show. Uh, back in <laughs> roughly 95, I had purchased white wolf had actually miniatures for, for the, the yeah. <laughs> and I purchased a pack of femoral. 
And there were arms coming out of places that, frankly, arms should never be coming out of. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can do physical things. Um, I, I don't remember the name of this Fomori, but there's a Fomori that's basically just a skin suit that has a bunch of rats inside of it. Yuck. Oh, it's so good, though. Like, I, I truly believe that the where the game werewolf is probably the most horrific in the sense of uh, maybe not horrific that's not the right word horror filled like all of those like 80s horror movies you can recreate in werewolf <laughs> <laughs> I could I could just see like you talk about that flesh suit that's filled with rats. Mm -hmm. It just I could just see describing that to my players and every one of them just watching their skin crawl as they realize yes. what it is. Yeah, no, oh, it's so good. They're so good. Um, there is a book for Fomori. It's called Freak Legion. That is also a black dog book. I honestly don't think it was ever needed. <laughs> Because, as I said, all you have to do is go, I can do whatever I want. And and as a storyteller, you know, you've got it. You, you don't need to be grossed out. <laughs> and, and I own Freak Legion. That is a pretty brutal book. It is. It is. I mean, if you're trying to complete your collection, okay. You know, or if you're really into... Um, uh you know that kind of writing okay but like if if you're not i would not suggest it you know just just know that you can anything you can think of you could basically make it a famori even if you're like you know one of the things we used to do and and i'm going to be tattling on myself a little bit when i was in a large org and i was running a werewolf game and we had a couple games that would uh, tattle on each other because, you know, of course, it's an org. That's what they do. And I remember they were like, well, you ran this without getting permission. And I would always respond back, oh, no, no, the players didn't understand. That was just a Fomori with mage-like powers. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. They would get so mad at me. <laughs> That's too funny. So whatever you needed, it was just a Fomori. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. It's a really good fallback. <laughs> uh, I didn't like people tattling on me. That was always kind of silly. That's funny. Yeah. Okay, so Fomori are really whatever you need them to be. They, mm -hmm. are, they are humans who have some sort of flaw. Like I could just see pride, like the Black Spiral, they oh, were yes, just being yes. a main flaw that have been attached by this bane, this wormy spirit who has corrupted, corrupted them and they've become these fomoris. Yes. Um, okay. So also, we have... also really quickly, there can be animal fomori, but that that's a lot rarer. Okay. But there is okay. nothing that's, more that's disheartening. There's nothing more disheartening to have your characters walk up and find like a puppy. That's a fomori. And they're like, no. Oh, <laughs> uh -huh. you tug at those heartstrings. You, you make them yes, have you those do. hard choices. And and that's where good role-playing comes from. Mm -hmm. And sometimes Fomori can be saved. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, and so then, then they get to balance the, is it worth saving them? You know, is it worth saving this puppy? Usually the players will say yes. You know, and then you get to do this really fun side quest of trying to get rid of the bane that's attached to the puppy. Oh my. <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> so what about, what are, uh, now obviously we could say, what is the Umbra? But that's going to take way too long for you oh. to describe. Um, and we'll save that for another time. But what are, what are some of the Umbral spirits that people would encounter? Um, or, or maybe we should say, are Umbral spirits and are they necessarily baddies? No, not always. Uh, the Umbra is a spiritual reflection of everything. And so there's going to be good spirits and bad spirits. And one of my favorite things to do is when players go into the Umbra and they're like, I want to talk to this stone wall. I'm like, do you have five hours? 
because Stone talks really slow, you know, and they're like, <laughs> oh no. Um, and you know, and you get to give all of these inanimate objects personalities, and that's very, very fun. But you know, there's also uh it, it when you have a place that is wormy, you know, let's say you have a factory. Um that is going to attract Banes. So if you go into the Umbra into a factory, like the last werewolf game I ran, there or the last game I ran that was a big LARP, there was a um a chicken processing plant. And one of them went into the Umbra and it was filled with pain spirits. And like they came back out and they were like, nope. I'm not going in there. It's just a spirit that is attracted to when things are in pain. And so they can inflict pain. And, you know, it's um, what's neat about Banes and Umbral Spirits is it's a lot more. um, They're not just like I punch things like they're not just physical things where, where like they, you know, stumble around and just grunt and 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 punch and things like that. They're usually like an emotion attached to it, a concept attached to it. So you can get pretty um pretty pretty fun scenes happening with stuff like that. Okay. Now are there anything within the umbra then that guru have to worry about? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, besides Banes, which are the, the spirits, uh, the wormy spirits, um, there are weaver spirits that if you, um, you know, like there a lot of times weaver spirits will be in cities. Um, there, There's uh, weaver spirits will be, the, they usually travel along the same places that, um roads are so so like you you know like if you're in the umbra and you're near a really fast major road you might see a bunch of um uh weaver spirits all zooming around going like right where like the road is because they're following cars um you know you could get caught in the web and become calcified you there there's so many things you know and if you heaven forbid you cut the web well then the the um net spiders will come after you what are those they're they're little weaver spiders they're just keeping the keeping everything where it's supposed to be and if they think that you are not um there to help them or if you mess up their web they'll you know make you part of the web okay (laughs) there there is so many different spirits and and concepts that it's really hard to to nail down a bunch of different ones there there's also larger spirits there's not just little concept spirits going around you know there's things like uh nexus crawlers and thunder worms that are in the umbra that can cross over from the umbra to the guy inside and those are really big things to fight um and scary and i don't suggest you throw them at a pack of new werewolves So could could the spirits then, the Emerald Spirits, have a effect on the real world? It depends on how powerful they are. A lot of times... No, I was going to say, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's got to be a fairly powerful spirit that can do that. Right. Um, gen- and generally, when it's able to do that, it's more of an influence. It's not like, well, I'm going to move this object over here. It's more like, I'm going to um, slowly corrupt the leg of the table so that it'll collapse because it was rotted. Okay, so we have Fomori, we have Umbral Spirits, we have Black Spiral Dancers. There is another one that comes up when uh, in the game uh, Vampire the Eternal Struggle, the card game, that gets a lot mm-hmm. of attraction from players that I know has a lot of roots in Werewolf, and that is Pentex. What is Pentex? Pentex. So, 
I made Pendex and they were like, Pentex is this all-seeing, all-knowing bad guy. I actually am not a super fan of Pentex because I feel like it's too easy. But a lot of uh, a lot of players really do like Pentex. So what Pentex is is Pentex is this giant Disney like, and I don't mean Disney in the sense of like they're creating movies and have theme parks. I just mean that they have their fingers in everything type of cor corporation that has so many different subsidiaries that you can't generally you cannot trace. Who owns what back to Pentex? I was once told by one of my storytellers that if, if you have a storyteller that lets you get the name Pentex, they were doing it wrong. That makes sense because there's so yeah. many separations of it. Yeah. It's like if you have a, a someone's game who's like, I went and fought the worm. And you're like, oh, that's great. And they're like, no, capital W. And you're like, no. <laughs> No, you did this wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, on the flip side, if if you and your players or you and your storyteller had fun doing it, okay. <laughs> but like by genre, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> Got you. Okay, so we have it's a multi-conglomerate international corporation has their fingers in everything, and if you're doing it correctly, they should never know that it was Pentex they were dealing with, just a massive subsidiary. Yes. Um, and what's neat about Pentex is they are very aware of the rest of the world of darkness. So they have vampires working with them. They've got black spiral dancers. They've got wraiths. They've got everything you could think of is working for Pentex. Gotcha. All right. I'm going to throw another term at you, Carrie, and you're going to tell me if this is a villain or a baddie and if it's even considered a, a, an enemy of the Garu. And that okay. is... A skin dancer. Oh. Skin dancers are <laughs> oh. Damn, I love skin dancers. So, skin dancers comes from the old legend that to become a werewolf, you have to skin a wolf and wear it and wear its hide. Um, Ouch. And right, but in in the world of darkness, you're not killing a wolf; you're killing werewolves. And there's this whole ritual and you have to be a kinfolk to become a skin dancer. And the, the ritual itself is very wormy just because of what you're having to do. Um, so they're supposed to be very rare. Um, I've never seen anyone play a skin dancer in a game. Every time I've ever seen a skin dancer portrayed, it has always been an NPC. Um, and always been a bad guy or, or a, a villain, I should say. Um, that being said, like one of my favorite villains I've ever ran was a skin dancer. Um, and because even though they're, they're wormy and they are, you know, generally, you know, obviously they went and they killed, killed Guru to do this. So that's bad. Um, they started off as kinfolk, and kinfolk are the family of werewolves that can't shift. And so it's like it's like this huge betrayal on top of like, oh, and you're a murderer. Great. And so it's really there's so much amazing role play that can happen with that. Not only just like, you know, we've got to go fight this abomination or not not a little abomination that big abomination um you don't want to be an abomination either that's that's a whole other thing that um but but like when when you they usually you can give them this amazing backstory like when i ran a skin dancer you know he was a folk who was in nam and so he had uh, he'd actually gotten a renown for things he had done because he was a healer. So they called him Patches the Fallen because he would patch the fallen guru when they were at war and stuff like that. And then he became a skin dancer and he was Patches the Fallen. Which makes sense. He had yeah, and it was so good. And it took them so long to figure that out. And then my players were like, oh no! My gosh. 
That's well I, played. Yeah. And I like puns. Um. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm on the I'm looking at the World of Darkness wiki. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I find interesting, when, especially when it comes to the skin dancers, is it says under aliens, aliens. Wow, that was a slip of the tongue. Oh. Under alliances, it says that skin dancers yeah. share a secret Karen with a sept of little brother. It says some, oh. I should say. So is say, there, is there, I mean, does little brother take sympathy on skin dancers sometimes? I would, I would uh, I don't know. I I just read the Little Brother Tribe book, and I don't remember reading anything about that. Okay, and I may be using so this I'm, incorrectly. I think I actually mean Big Brother. Yep, yes, yep, 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 Big yes. Brother. Yep. Um, yeah, that I, actually, that's who I assumed you meant because Little Brother makes less sense. Um. The only reason I could think of that they would have is because they want that knowledge that the skin down, you know, like they would want that, right? They would want, because, you know, Big Brother just wants all of the knowledge because that's what they do. But okay. I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know. I've not actually read that. So I will have to uh, pour through my books and see if I can find that. Yeah, I just I just happened to see it on the wiki and I was like, huh, that's interesting. I mean, out of all the tribes, that makes the most sense. Why? Because the big brother, they um knowledge is more important than anything else to them. And the okay. skin dancer ritual is very is held very close. So they don't I, for obvious reasons they don't go just telling everybody it that makes sense cool yeah i realized when yeah. i said why it's not a kind of challenging and they didn't mean it that way <laughs> you're like tell me why and i'm like i don't know yeah. that one <laughs> prove your point <laughs> say you're the expert on this show not me so i don't have any reason to challenge you for sure Expert is a strong word, but enthusiast, enthusi enthusiast will go with. Um, Fair enough. You definitely have a lot more knowledge about yeah. this than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've still got a whole list of, of things. We don't have to okay. talk about them in depth. but um, So there's Otulis, which is the, um, the fast food. They made up a fast food restaurant that is covering the world that is gross and awful. And everyone should, uh, if, if you ever want to freak your players out, have them go to an O'Toole's and then they come back worm tainted because of the food. Uh, uh huh. <laughs> or, you know, when you go, when they go to fight at an O'Toole's, like half the employees are going to be Fomori. You know, like nothing will freak them out more than watching someone stick their hand in a fryer to get the french fries out. Oh yuck! <laughs> um, I've also found that if you could always make your own O'Toole's as well, um, you make up your own fast food joint. There, if you name it something ridiculous, like I did that, I created a Chicken Hut, and through the entire game, I you know like their 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 little. Uh, logo was literally a chicken hut on on chicken legs none of them ever picked up i was implying baba yaga baba yaga nice. had nothing to do with it i just thought it was funny and you know by the end of it they were like no it's a conspiracy and i was like oh no <laughs> i made this too big <laughs> you set things in motion yeah i know yeah, well, for... let's see what we can do now and for those of you who don't know baba yaga is a very powerful was a very powerful nosferatu in vampire well and but more importantly than that baba yaga is a witch in russian lore like it's it yes like, that is correct real and um i only i the first time i was ever experienced experienced that was when i was in art school and i was talking and somehow baba yaga came up and i was talking about the game and we had a russian exchange student at my at my art school and she was like oh do not bring up baba yaga <laughs> 
I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, don't mess with her. I was like, okay. <laughs> And to your point about the chicken hut with chicken legs, Baba Yaga's home, for those of you who don't mm-hmm. know, has legs. It can walk. And they're, they're giant chicken legs and they dance around and it's the most ridiculous, amazing folk tale ever. It really is. So kudos to you for doing that. And it's amazing that your players took so long to catch on to it. Uh, you know what? I, I say this with love. Players can be really dumb sometimes, but when I'm a player, oh, yeah. I'm really dumb sometimes. Like you're like you're Absol- like absolutely. as a storyteller, yeah, you're like it's right there. Why don't they see it? And as a as a player, you're going, there's nothing here, you know. And it just that's just the the way the game goes, you know. And it's it's fun. Uh, yep, it's fun when you finally get it. So yeah, when you're sitting there thinking to yourself as a storyteller, guys, just open the drawer. All you need to do is open the drawer. Right. Everything right is right there. And then they walk away and you're going, what about <laughs> the drawer, guys? Yeah, just mm, anything. Have a book fall off the shelf. Something. Come on. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I Okay. So I also want to point out that just because you are playing in a werewolf game does not mean that the the villains and the the baddies have to be supernatural. You could end up fighting the police. You could end up in a political fight with the mayor. There could be a human activist group that is going against what you're trying to do or is trying to help you, but in helping you, it's hindering you. There, there are so many, like, literally the world is the enemy of the werewolf. Okay. Anything can be turned into, into something to fight. And that's definitely a tip for storytellers right there. Mm-hmm. Or, and even players, just be aware. You know, you the mayor is making a declaration that they're going to, you know, pave over the park. Well, maybe the solution isn't to go uh, destroy the equipment. Maybe the solution is to sue them. Like, think outside the box. That's it will give you a better game for everybody. So it it doesn't always have to be teeth and claws. Not always, and that's what's even better is because you know think about it. You've got your entire werewolf pack all having to wear a suit and tie and sit in a courtroom, all grumbling and trying to not frenzy. Like that's a great scene. That really is. <laughs> um so uh let me see i'm I'm sorry i lost my train of thought for a second <laughs> along with the idea that not everything is um that that your baddies are not um always obvious <laughs> i Sometimes I will, um, when I'm, when I'm telling a story, I will pull from local news. You just have to be careful to be sensitive when you do that. But if you look at, at what's going on in the city, you're telling your story in, if it's a modern day story, you know, you can get ideas for really fun plots. And I, I live near Chattanooga, Tennessee. And several, like a decade ago, we were having a big problem with kudzu. And, you know, kudzu is the ivy-like plant that grows over everything and just kills everything it grows over. And the only way that the city found to combat the kudzu was to bring in goats to eat the kudzu. I'm not not making this up, I swear. It sounds it sounds ridiculous, but it really happened. And so we started giving the players rumors, you know, like kudzu eating goats. They're like, oh, yeah, the goats are eating the kudzu. Great. And then like a couple games later, all of a sudden they found out that the goats had started to go missing. And they're like, why is someone killing the goats? That's not cool. And then eventually they realized 
that the kudzu eating goats was kudzu eating the goats. Oh, crap. And Yeah, and so then they got to go fight this, like, plant monster thing. But instead of having it be a giant monster, I was like, because this was in a LARP, and so I was like, I have 50 challenges against you. They're all one point. You know, and so that, you know, like, it, it was it was this huge battle that was real low stake, but it felt really intense. And it would slowly wear them down. And, you know, like, I had someone who ended up in Incap from Kudzu. And, like, afterward, they were like, that is the best bad guy we've ever fought. And I was That's like, it's awesome. Kudzu. You know, so you can find inspiration anywhere and you know there's nothing in any of the books at the time anyway that was like here's how to run evil kudzu you know i was like it's kudzu with samori like powers you know or what you know like that's the beauty of werewolf is you can you know make what you want work work that's awesome <laughs> All right, my dog just laid down next to me and she started snoring. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I guess I'm being really boring. That's wonderful. Um, along with the, I, I'm going to, ju I, I jump back and forth. I apologize. Uh, there's oh, no, there's Hunter. <laughs> I get excited. I'm like, oh, oh, let me tell you this. Um, you know, you could have Hunter's coming after your guru pack uh maybe maybe one of your maybe one of the players killed someone they knew maybe it was a famori but the hunters didn't know they were famori they just know that this werewolf killed their friend um and then you so, have this fun moral dilemma so do garu ever have to deal with things like the society of leopold uh-huh uh -huh. absolutely they're yeah you know they're the um the Inquisition was not just for witches. Gotcha. Yeah. There's a, you know, anything, you know, my favorite anyway is, um, is you know, there's two type of hunters. You have hunters that have powers, you know, per the, the hunter book. And then you have the old fashioned hunters who are like, I melt my silverware down into bullets. And then I'm going to go shoot the werewolf that killed my brother. You know, and there's nothing special about them except for they have high willpower. Those are my favorite because that's a better story. Right. But, you know, <laughs> I, as you can, any, it, it's very easy to tell. Clearly, I am way more um, excited about about good story than I am like rolls, like dice rolls or anything like that. Right. And I love the fact that the world of darkness games very much lend to good stories, less dice. Yeah. Or, or you can roll a bunch of dice if you want. Like it's really up to what your, your play style is for the whole group. Sure. We've covered quite a bit in this almost hour that we've been talking. <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> it, I, I know you can. Unfortunately, uh, we're, like, we're about like, out no. of time. <laughs> no, like, I just, I, I, I should have listened to you the first time when you're like, this is a pretty big subject. And I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> you're like, all of the bad guys. I'm like, okay. <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> um, unfortunately, I, I hate to do this because it's I really do enjoy talking about this, but I I am we are approaching time. So um Carrie, where give us some resources. Where could people find out about some of these things if they want to learn more? Oh goodness. Well, I mean I'm I'm gonna be a little uh little pat myself on the back. I, I think you should listen to Werewolf the Podcast. Uh we absolutely we <laughs> we talk about a lot of this stuff and have lots of opinions. So if you don't like my opinion here, you probably won't like the podcast. <laughs> um, but then for real, like my suggestion is just go pick up some of the books and start reading. I mean, I know that's kind of lame, but like 
that's that's where you start. But is there any books in particular? Like if somebody was like, okay, I'm going to go get a book and I want to learn about some of the, the villains and baddies and werewolf. Is there any book in particular that they should start with as a player and as a storyteller? Well, my, my favorite book for baddies is Book of the Weaver. Okay. Book of the Worm is, it, it's all very like, oh yeah, well that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, if you know anything about the worm, that all makes sense. Um, but Book of the Weaver gives you some really neat interpretations of how you can use the weaver in your story as a as an antagonist that's cool i also suggest that like let's say you're if you are running a game for all fiana read through the fiana book it will tell you who their enemies are <laughs> which happens to be my favorite tribe so i i was lucky enough to be the tribal moderator for a national organization for the Fianna for a while. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The problem is I can't do an Irish accent to save my life. So I was like, I'm American. <laughs> this character is American because I can't do the accent. <laughs> that's that's appropriate i you know i yeah. we were playing we actually played vampire last night and we're playing fall of london and they were in the punjabi region of south hall in london and i told my players guys i'm not going to do an indian accent because that's just going to be insulting and i'll just butcher it yeah. and i'm not doing that oh, absolutely i agree <laughs> okay so book of the weaver um for mm -hmm. storytellers is there stuff in the storytellers handbook i mean there's oh yeah yeah <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and do that. <laughs> um, beyond just White Wolf books, everyone always laughs at me at this, but this was like one of the greatest places as a storyteller that I ever would do research. I used to get, and I know that they don't make it anymore, but the same concept applies. I used to get the weekly world news. And I would okay. go through it and I would be like, I can use this little thing here as a plot. I could do something with this. But I, there were so many Fomori in there. It was ridiculous. Bat Boy? Oh, he's so close to my heart. Okay. <laughs> For real, you can find plots anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking about current events and even current uh political situations and there's all sorts of opportunities to tap yeah. into some corruption i would i would be careful doing something like that unless your table is all very aware and okay with that mostly just because for a lot of people role playing is a chance to decompress and get away from that and then if you sure. sit down and That's like a good point. i'm gonna go save gaia and then they're like you know the world is falling apart and you're like no <laughs> that's a fair point <laughs> <laughs> so curie have you um have you written anything on the storyteller's fault i have not i am a bad writer <laughs> I, whoo, yeah no my husband is a writer and i am an artist and together we make okay stuff together <laughs> But but I am not with the typing. Not good. Not with the typing. I love it. <laughs> okay, so how about this? Tell us some of the other things that you're involved in. Um, well, as I said, I'm an artist, so I make lots of art. Currently, um the RPG artwork that I've been working on, I've got two two projects I'm working on right now. Um, there is an upcoming tabletop game called the gun belt that's going to be uh kickstarted hopefully within the year it is cowboys in space riding dinosaurs okay yeah yeah it's it's pretty fun they're like can you can you draw dinosaurs and i'm like oh twist my arm <laughs> like oh no <laughs> 
Um, oh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, so that's super duper fun. Everyone should go check that out. And then I actually help run a game called Adventures Not Wanted. And it is, it's actually a text-based role playing online role-playing game. It's a mush where it we we focus on the town that the adventurers come through on their way to and from adventures. So you're playing all the town folk that have to deal with these annoying adventurers that destroy the town or like, you know, oops, sorry, we've got a mountain troll that's following us. And then they leave and then the town's got to deal with these things. Um, That's a cool twist. Yeah. It's a little soap opery. It's a little adventure. It's it's a lot of fantasy. um, And I do a lot of the artwork for that game that goes up on the wiki. Okay. For the game. So if people would like to contact you, how can they do it? I am on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Discord, Patreon, and I'm under the name Real Fun Studios, which is R-E-E-L-F-U-N Studios. Used to do a lot of movie art, so... (laughs) Gotcha. And we'll include all of that in the show notes. So Carrie, that is unfortunately all the time that we have. And I think we, if I said, Oh, we're going to talk for another hour, you could probably do it. (laughs) I'm a talker. Can I, can I plug one last thing? Please do. You can plug whatever you want. (laughs) I am, you know, not only do I co-host werewolf, the podcast with Josh Heath, I'm all a, also a co-host for a podcast called On a Roll, which focuses on game theory and how to how to game better and how to have more fun. Awesome. Where can people find that? Uh, on a roll podcast.com. Well, there you go. Carrie, yeah. thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure. And if we ever circle back to Werewolf again, I'll be sure to let you know so you can come talk more baddies with us. Excellent. Thank you.